Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson. And today, my friends, we have a very special episode. This is episode number 80. And not only is it the number 80, it's going to be our last episode of 2023. Yep, we're going to take a little bit of a break, but we'll say more about that at the end of the episode. So to wrap up our year... We're doing something a little different. You know, I've mentioned at the end of our close that there's a whole team that makes this show possible. And so a couple of our colleagues, family members, spouses, you know, the way we're multiple hats, <laughs> are joining me. And uh, because, because we all listen to these episodes multiple times and have lots of conversations between us of, oh, that was such a good point, or wow, that one really resonated. So without further ado, we're going to do a year in review. What were some of the key highlights that stuck with us, that changed us, that changed our thinking? And we want to invite you to do the same and let us know. So, okay, some of you already know Nick Wilson. Nick Wilson now I have to do the bios. Nick Wilson is a freelance videographer, animator, editor, artist. He is the father to our dog, Sally. It's my husband and video producer, father to our dog. This is good. I am we're her all, father. We're off to a good start. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is our, our podcast producer. He is the person who takes care of our guest. He is the one that makes sure that the show is moving along and that I'm not getting too far off track. Welcome to the show, Nick Wilson. Thanks, Sarah. It's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. <laughs> okay, and joining us for the first time is our sound editor, Drew Knoll. Drew Knoll has years of experience as a UX designer. He is also an award-winning sound designer. designer is that yeah. like... <laughs> I, I felt like I was that. saying designer twice. You are award-winning. He is a fantastic musician, has an incredible ear for all things. He's the reason that the podcast sounds as good as it does. And when things don't go right, makes it as good as we can, <laughs> given this technology. He also moonlights as my brother. Welcome to the show, Drew Noll. It's a pleasure to be here, twin sister Sarah. Aww. Welcome. Uh, okay, since it's the first time that we've done this, what else should people know about you, Drew? Um, yeah, I get to ask you the yeah, questions that you've heard me ask. Eighty, seventy-nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Midwest, born and raised. Um, uh, married to a wonderful family. Uh, I've got an awesome son. I've got a great, uh, super smart dog that. Uh, uh, it's just a, a great uh, staple in the family. I uh, like to hang out outside and yeah, I just like all things sound. And I have a really wonderful family yeah. too. You do. Yeah. We're pretty great. I mean, you have to say that. <laughs> pretty great. Because <laughs> we're here. Nick, anything else you want people to know about you before we um, jump in with this? I don't think, I don't think so. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think people know. Plenty through through context. Regular listeners know 
Re- regular listens, listeners know about you. And, you know, and Nick and I, we recorded an episode last year where we talked about our mental health journeys and being spouses and support for each other. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I definitely recommend checking that out just because we had a real conversation about some real tough times uh, that we've navigated. Okay, so here's how this is going to work, folks. Each of us have taken some time to uh, think about what were some of the key highlights um, from the guests. Now, I want to be very clear. Every single show that we air adds value. Every single guest that we have brought on, we have brought on because they were somebody who we've already been impacted by. We've seen the impact that they've created in the world. Uh, We are also focusing just on this year. We didn't open it up, which I didn't realize it was 80. We could have opened it. Well, we probably will. I mean, we'll just, I mean, we'll just see where it goes, but, (laughs) but I want to make sure that nobody feels like, oh, they didn't mention me. It wasn't that it wasn't valuable or a great episode it just for purposes no, i think i picked only the best ones and <laughs> yeah. i think if any of our past guests are listening and you're not mentioned boy no no that you, you really way, blew it way to create some safety <laughs> way to just give the impression you're a real piece of work I nick know, and I it's know. so not you no I that's kid. what's funny i kid uh, no, what was funny is when we started this, we were like, just pick your top three. Uh, Nick, how many did you pull? I mean, on the list that's in front of me, I have I have nine. I have nine listed. Drew, I how many did you pull? Twelve, maybe 13. <laughs> I'm like seven and just plenty more that I'm yeah. sure will come up. Yeah, so there's there's way more. There's way more than we can. I mean, talk about in one, one yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. They are. They all have. Uh, some amazing takeaways. So it was hard to, uh, it's hard. I don't, I still don't know which ones I'm going to talk about because I've just got my list here. I'm going to, I'm going to pick and choose as we go. One of the things I just want to say to our listeners is that the intention of this isn't just to hear us, but from a learning perspective, uh, as my colleague, Dr. Teresa Peterson would say, one of the greatest ways we can reinforce learning is to think about how our thinking has changed. And so the goal is in us doing this, not only will we reinforce the learning for ourselves, but also uh, be able to maybe inspire you to think about how has your thinking changed? What are you doing differently because of uh, listening to some of these really incredible guests that we've been able to have over the last two years? Uh, and and also just to normalize like, yeah, your thinking will change. People will push it. Maybe they'll say something and you're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Or that was, you know, made me uncomfortable. And now I have to interrogate that. Okay. So with, without further ado, who wants to go first? How about number 12? Let's start with, let's start with the, the, the you need to have a baker's dozen, like add a 13 on there and then we'll just. <laughs> Episode 80 is pretty great. So let's, I'll make that 13. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do a shout out. For... <laughs> <laughs> super good guess, super good guest on that one. Uh, I, I think I'm just going to go right to it. Um, 44, 45. Um, oh, gosh, you have numbers. Oh, okay, yeah. good. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. T Maxine, Woods McMillan. Oh, yeah. Um, really, really great. And that's, that's all of that. And I was like, com- like comically taking notes and like, you know, turning the pages and, and writing notes as much as possible. Like, I really digested a lot from that one. Um, and there were, there was one line in particular that really, uh, you know, stood out and this is kind of a common phrase. I think, 
other ways of saying it too, but um, the line that uh, is that we can't let the people who know the least about us, like have the most mm. power over us. Mm. And that's such an easy concept, right? And it's, there's the whole mm. like rent free phrase that's out there too. But, um, but to, to really give it a definition of those, those people or those situations or those events that know the least about you. And mm. it's really good. And, and, and it, to dig deeper into that, it's really to know there's a step of like a self-exploration too that happens. So like, well, I don't know. I need to know who I am, right? I need to be the person who mm. knows the most about me. So there's a lot of self-reflection too that goes along with that and and having the courage to do that. And sometimes that's not easy to do. And and then you do, and then you sort of have that like armor or that power that um, to, to, to let some of those things go or to give them less weight on us. So that was a pretty big one this year for me. That what yeah there she's on my list too but for something else she she was yeah, I like, feel like we should we need to have just, just like a little Maxine like just <laughs> all right T Maxine what's like, McMillan the, the highlights of Maxine because yeah I had a couple different things from because she, she made multiple appearances this year she has yeah I did, I I uh she, she was one of our first triple tri- tree first trifers three first. I don't think trifers Tri- is anything. <laughs> it's I, not I, a word. She was the first person to be on the show three times. <laughs> I like trifers, like two first. Yeah, you could, I yeah, mean, tri- you, know, you could take that one. You could coin that. I, okay, like, I love it because she's going to hate listening to this. And she's going to be like, you were lying, Sarah. And so Maxine, T. Maxine Woods McMillan, will you just sit here and listen and just receive all the flowers you deserve? Um that yeah well and that that particularly feels resonant right like just navigating uh some of the challenges i know you're navigating with the little one uh and is such a good reminder and it it is easy to be like well don't let other people you know but sometimes you just need to hear it a different way to go they like i had forgotten she had said that and then as soon as you repeated it was like oh right when do i let the people who don't know me impact me what comes up for you nick yeah, same. I had, I had kind of forgotten that quote particularly, but I had a a whole list of other Maxine <laughs> Maxine nuggets on my on my list. The one that had come to mind most readily because it was more recent when she her most recent appearance uh, when she talked about uh, interrogating your thinking and mm. uh, the the idea of just as as I mean it's such a it's such a valuable skill for any of us like in any situation like the ability to question your like pause and think about like why do i think this thing that i think why do i believe the things that i believe um you know and then beyond that the idea that she had talked about um you know who benefits from me believing this or who benefits from me you know she i remember she had talked about uh you know Mm -hmm reading a story or getting information from a certain whatever source it's like think about you know again interrogate like where is this coming from who stands to benefit from me thinking this way it's just i thought it was a tremendous i mean it's just a again it applies in like every situation as such a like core like Mm -hmm. ability for people to have especially like going into the future of like you know bizarre AI, deep fake misinformation, whatever is going to be coming our way in the next however many years, like the ability to 
discern, you know, what the sources are, what, what, how you're getting that information. Where is it coming from? Why does someone want me to think or believe this is true? It's uh, it's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That came up in the episode when we were talking about like the whole, um, work from home versus return to the office. Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah, when articles are written about like, people hate working from home, like, "Hmm, who is that written by and for? Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting, like, there's something about hearing you share that one, that something new came up for me, which is not only interrogating, you know, your thinking and interrogating uh, who benefits from it, it's also interesting to think about as somebody who creates content, what am I creating and who, who is benefiting from what I'm creating and are the right people benefiting from it? Right. So like, and just, just reflecting on my journey of, yeah, I write from a very, like my lived experience of being a white person, a white woman, uh, from working with largely white audiences. And like, you think, oh yeah, no, I want this to benefit everyone and realizing like it doesn't always, cause it's, it's coming from a day. Like, it was just interesting. There was something about how you were talking, Nick, that made me have a moment of like, not only reflecting on who's the benefit for, but also thinking when you're creating content, who are you actually trying to benefit? Like, and not who do you want to benefit, but who are you actually benefiting in this situation? Mm. Yeah, and the, the right. word of the interrogation too, just to throw on the on the end of that, because she yeah. she's really good about the words that she uses. And so like the interrogation part is like, you, you need to be, or I, mean, I don't know about need, but like, if this is a journey that you are willing to explore, that there's a there's a tenacity to it, right? So there's like, yeah. there's a uh, an act of participation in the inbound and outbound um, of your relationship with information or how you're processing things or saying things. So it takes work. Yeah, it's more than but, just, um, so it's not passive by any means. Yeah. 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 Cause like reflection is like, well, and interrogating is also like, like looking for the cracks. It's like looking for, looking for the spaces that you're not normally seeing. It's interesting because I didn't realize she's who I got that language from. Hmm. Cause I use that now in my work quite a bit. Like, let's like interrogate, like what role are you playing? And, and, uh, I actually just today had the thought of when did that shift for me? And now I know just another one to add to the Maxine pile. (laughs) Okay. Like speaking of that episode, let's, let's go down to when I asked her, what questions would you want leaders to think about? And she had two, but one was particularly like, would you live the life you're asking your team members to live? Oh, man, that is a good one. was such a moment. And I've actually used that with clients who are like, I don't know why people wouldn't want to work in customer care. I don't know why you know, or whatever the case is. And then it's just like, well, you know, my friend T. Maxine Woods McMillan, she would ask this question. So how would you answer that? You know, and if the answer is, and now some people I know, so I had somebody who pushed back on me, they're like, that's not a fair question. And I was like, some part of it is fair. Like some part of it is like, yeah, I understand you've worked for 30 years, you don't expect to like, right, be making the same kind of salary. But like, would you be okay with the lifestyle that you're asking your team members to live? And and if not, again, interrogate that. 
I have one more, Maxine, because this is one that I really wanted to see. Do you? I don't know if it's hers or not. My God, is this just going to be us talking about her? I've got got a great list. God, I can't wait to send her a message. She's going to be like, shut up, stop it, you're lying. And and correct me if I'm wrong. If I had to put money on it, it's probably hers. But um, the... And it was one of the more recent episodes that I feel like um, the phrase was from a, it was observing leadership versus management and um, mm. the, the culture of like influence and impact. And the statement was, if you didn't have the influence or the impact that comes with positional power, would you still be a leader? That was Chris. Oh, was it Chris? That, Man, was, that, that was Chris Wildermuth. Yeah. That's a, that's blown my mind. And I've shared that, yeah. shared that with so many people and that, that I've, I've, I've said that to some people and then they've gotten real quiet, which is you like, bet. you know, all right, cool. I'll yeah. That was, that that, yeah, that was Dr. Chris Wildermuth because, and the reason I know that so definitively is because she shared that with Teresa and I, when we were not recording and it completely like we talk, we use that in our work all the time. Yeah. Like if you didn't have the formal authority, would people follow yeah. you? And it's just like a, Oh, f- like, and if the, again, if the answer is no, interrogate that. Like, yeah. yeah. I could talk about Chris too for a whole five hours. Probably that's another <laughs> one. Chris is great. <laughs> she is. She's so great. Well, and you know, and that idea of like kind of tagging onto that, uh, you know, we talked about that. Yeah, that idea of it was like authority versus leadership versus followership mm-hmm. and how, right, we don't talk enough about followership mm-hmm. and, you know, and uh, or even just the simple question, why should people follow you? Right. You know, she's the one who gave and I don't know if this came up in the podcast or I think it may have but just that idea of leadership is inspiring people without coercion. Yeah. That last part is real. It's real interesting to think about that, not just in the workplace, but also with family, with your kids, with your spouse. Like, am I inspiring somebody to take action without coercing them, whether it's because of humiliation, shame, guilt, whatever the case might be? Yeah, that's really good. That that changed my approach at work. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know if I have specific examples of it, but I, I leaned on the side of, of, um, maybe, maybe I am, maybe I am either intentionally or unintentionally coercing somebody or a group of people Mm -hmm. at a certain level. And so, you know, taking a step back and really like putting that word onto it and processing things and being more, uh, intentional about the words and the impact. And then that I'll bring that up in another uh, example that I have for another guest, but uh, yes. Well, that's that's such a good I mean, you know, just just like we were teasing out Maxine's use of interrogate coercion has it has heat to it, mm-hmm. you know, and then when you go, no, I don't do that. You sure? And it's not a question of not doing it. It's like, when when do I do that? How do I do that? And then why? And, how do I, am right? I, and, and like, then why? Like, oh. Yeah, geez. And why do I do that? And you're like, because I just want people to do what I say. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There we go. Let's explore that. (laughs) Okay. Wait, I have to go back real quickly to Maxine's because the one, there's just one that I have to share that I, I, I was such a, (laughs) such a fundamental shit. A T Maxine mug. I don't. 
is when she called me out she said you keep talking about avoidance like it's something you just like set aside and then and then she laid the gem in our first episode with her this year you don't avoid conflict you just replace or reposition it you replace it with like you reposition it internally you shift it to someone else it doesn't it doesn't go away. And, and this didn't make it onto the podcast that she and I had a conversation afterwards. I feel like this is real timely because of coming off the holidays. She's like, sometimes I like to talk about it as if like, you know, when you go on vacation, you eat all that yummy food and you just keep packing it in and packing it in and packing it in like, it's got to come out at some point. And if you just keep packing it in. Now, to be clear, she gave like a 12-minute like beautiful like story around it. But but that like really shifted. She was one of many many people we talked to that has shifted my work around avoidance pretty dramatically of like no, you don't avoid it. It's still there. It's just taken a different form. And to don't be naive about that. I mean, I have that quote, her quote, I feel like anytime I talk about um, our work on elephants. So T Maxine Woods McMillan, we love you. Yeah, I'm okay. ready to go to the next one. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. I'm ready. All right. You ready? You want to yeah. do the next one or Nick, you want to do one? Here, kick us off, Nick. What's Oh, give yeah, us... I'll, I'll do one. See, I feel like this has it, I I'm I listen to too many baseball podcasts because I feel like this is like a draft. Like we're drafting <laughs> oh, my yeah. favorite, you know. <laughs> like Andy took Andy took Maxine off the board right, right off the bat. And it's like, oh, okay, I gotta go to my gotta go to my draft board here. Uh, no. But I uh I I guess uh, man, yeah, I haven't decided who I want to go. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go to uh Dr. Tina Opie, because, uh, that was, uh, just a fantastic conversation. This is one of them that like going back and I got to do a little bit of it, you know, going back and reflecting and and re-listening to, you know, portions of some of these that have been a little while and man, that it's just that whole conversation. Um, there were were a few highlights that I had, had written down the one that I know, Sarah, you, still bring up that we mention or think about a lot is the idea of bias being like a bird flying Mm -hmm. through your mind. Mm -hmm. And the idea is, you know, see it, let it fly through, recognize it for what it is, but don't let it nest. Don't let that bird nest in your, in your mind is such a, such a brilliant way of, I just feel like she had a a handful of these things that are just brilliant, uh, similar to Maxine. It's like just the way that she worded some of these things, maybe are, you know, familiar concepts or things that you you think about, but putting it in that language and giving that kind of, uh, uh, the, uh, the visual kind of, you know, imagination of that of that bird flying through your mind i just thought was a really powerful thing and like i said i know it's something that we've come back to over and over again um the other things that i wrote down from that conversation if you have power use it um and then this idea of you know if you if we increase the pie then everybody gets more basic the idea of like equity and like the kind of fighting that scarcity mindset or feeling like you know if we if we try to you know give this group over here or these people you know something then it's taking away from me if i'm if i'm a person uh, you know in a in a 
group that has status or power or whatever, you know, something for, you know, the purpose of equity in is feels like it's taking something away from me instead of looking at it as added as the, you know, increasing what we all have, you know, like it's going to make us better. You know, if it's an organization that you're talking about, you know, broadening things, having more people have more opportunities, having more people's voices heard, what have you, is going to increase and, and better the things for everyone. Um, just uh, just a really the I feel like that whole conversation in terms of it's everyone's it's everyone's job kind of everyone has a part to play everybody's got a responsibility to take part actively in like creating equity and uh being um use it again using the power that you have so if you're yeah. if you are a person who has has power or status based on whatever it is whether it's positional power or based on you know the group that you belong to or or whatever it is recognizing what power you have to and and using that power to you know better things ideally for everyone yeah because so. i can i mean it can be it can be so challenging uh can feel so risky to speak up, to step out, to do whatever and realizing, well, just I'm thinking again as like a white person, the it feels risky, but the risk is very low. It's right. very different for us. And so like how how do we step into that more? Well, and <clears throat> yeah, the whole bias is like a bird, just don't let it nest. That not only just that idea of bias, that time when I we interviewed her was when I was just figuring out that I had OCD. And mm. that phrase was such a powerful visual for my intrusive thoughts too. was like, there it is. I don't need to let it nest. So Dr. Tina Opie, know that you that was a real gift to me in a pretty hard time that I was going through. You know, it's one of the other things. Well, gosh, there was so much. But I remember I one of the things I just really appreciated is her willingness to push back or to uh, on me. And we, and when we were talking about this idea of people struggling with the, the concept of privilege and like that some people, particularly those who may be of like dominant identities, right? So, you know, white, male, heterosexual, uh, Christian, right? And how it's like, well, yeah, but I had to suffer too. And and I always struggled to be able mm -hmm. to articulate to people, yeah, you did. This isn't minimizing it. And then she like she pushed me and she said, but you didn't struggle because you were white. Mm -hmm. And that was right. such an important moment of her calling that out so clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and like not only articulating it for other people, but also for myself to be like, right, yeah, we didn't yeah. grow up with a ton of money our challenges had nothing to do with the color of her skin. And then the other thing that she said was, um, I think, I think I was, I was talking about how like, we're so conditioned. I was so conditioned that you like your goal was to be liked. And she was like, mm. not being liked is just another Thursday to me. I want to mm. be respected. Mm. And it was just like, right. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, that yeah that was just that was such a 
That was a big fangirl like interview for me too, because I just loved her book so much. Shared sisterhood. Yeah. That was a really good one. A lot of that stuck with me. Yeah. Okay. Do I get to go next? Yes. Is it, are we doing the yeah, rotation? So, are we doing counterclockwise? Oh, is it a snake draft? Do we have is to? It a, so you get the third pick in the first round and the first pick in the second <laughs> round? I don't know. We didn't really establish the rules up front. <laughs> I think my team was terrible, so I get like, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you had the worst record last season, so you that's you get uh, you get a bonus pick in this round. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. All right. So I'm going to, here's who I'm going to go with next that I think is on theme for what we've been talking about was Elaine Lynn Herring on, on learning silence. Mm. That is one that I've gone back and listened to. I have gone back and reread her book. I, I think I recommend every time I'm in a group of humans to buy that book when it comes out in March. So here is your next like promotional push pre-order Elaine Lynn Herring's book on learning silence. And I had like <laughs> so many pages of notes, but again, talking about the power of language, thinking about so much of the work that we do is about helping people have the conversations that matter. And I would use the term avoidance uh, you know, even the book title of of Don't Feed the Elephants is Overcoming the Art of Avoidance, right? It's, it's, you know, to be kind of kitschy, clever. But I love that idea of silence and how are we silencing ourselves? And more importantly, how are you silencing other people? That that was so powerful for me because, you know, when I think about my work with my my coach, Stephanie Chin helping me become a more inclusive leader. That's a conversation we've had before of like, as uh, a woman of color, as an Asian woman, when she's in our spaces where it's largely white women, she feels silenced. And some of it isn't necessarily us silencing, right? Some of it can be and is, but some of it is like self-silencing because it's like, it's too big of a risk for me to speak up. And they're just like that conversation connected a lot of dots for me about other conversations and and just even thinking about that idea of voice how do i give voice to more people and also how do i step into my voice more but that yeah i just that whole idea of like the whole thing of silence still is just like seared on my heart that that was one that, of my that two. feels like yeah. i was gonna say that feels like another one you know you talked a little bit ago about uh the conversations impacting your work. And I feel like that's one that inevitably is going to continue to impact the work, you know, especially like you said, talking about avoidance, talking about the elephants and it is such a natural kind of progression or even just a different way of reframing that, that idea, um, you know, using different language. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like, that's something I, it, it's something I had reflected on as we were, as I was going through all of these different ones and kind of realizing how much the, because I get to see, you know, I guess for the listeners, if, if people don't know, they don't I, know. I, I, you know, part of my other job is that I am involved in the, you know, virtual 
workshops and things, uh, keynotes that Sarah does. And so I get a little glimpse into, you know, I, I, the work as, as it's being done with different groups and teams and seeing the way that the conversations that you've had on this show, on this podcast with various people and various different topics have impacted that work. Um, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it's, you know, there are a whole variety of reasons I think that, that you have a podcast that you want to have these conversations that, uh, you know, that drive the desire to do this show. But, uh, I think that's a pretty cool side effect of, yeah. of doing all this, that like that it's evolving and, and growing the work that you're doing too. Yeah. Because it's a, like, because the mark that every guest brings grows and evolves us as people, you know, that it isn't a, Oh, like, how do we like steal their stuff? Because I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest, like sometimes that happens, which is why I will say I'm super passionate about making sure I quote people making mm -hmm. sure that it's like, you need to know that this came from this person by this person's books. And I'm also just reflecting like, what are other ways I can give back? Because it, Again, I, I feel like I think like often I'm on some of the episodes and I'm like, I feel like I should send you money, like invoice <laughs> me for the therapy you just gave me. And, you know, and also I, I think I think that's important to state also just for for potential past guests that have been on the show is understand how significant your ripple has been, right? Understand that you showing up and sharing your gifts and your wisdom has such a huge impact, not just on listeners, but it creates this ripple impact, right? Like Andy, you talked about like, oh yeah, I quoted this person. And then I'm like telling them at work and it's this huge, huge ripple effect. I also like just want to say, this is also why it's really important to be in conversations with people who are different than you, people who have different lived experiences, people who have different um, perspectives and expertise, because like, I, I know my world really well. But that means there's a whole lot of the world I don't know. And, and hopefully that's something that the listeners benefit from as well. Yeah. Unlearning silence. Elaine Lynn Herring, March 2024. That was a really good one. There was um, the the multi prong approach to to silence and you know the 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 good definitions and the bad definitions and how we can give mm. that as gifts to people when we're in you know um, intimate conversations. Uh, remind me, was that the episode where um, somebody mentioned like waiting for the question mark? Was that hers or was that a different one? It was a more oh. recent one. Say more about it and it'll yeah, trigger so something. It was letting a conversation, um, especially from the standpoint of a leader, is to let uh, let the other person speak. You know, there's no need to inject yourself. There's no need to like control a situation and uh, wait for your question mark or wait for the person to say a question. Mark. And maybe it wasn't even on the show, but I feel like that's something that came up recently. But anyway, yeah, so there's like that. It. Wait for the question mark. Okay, that was episode 80. Drew Knoll, everyone. <laughs> Let's talk about great that quote. Great guest. <laughs> Live. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff around the silence. And that was that was another one where, you know, I, I'd be here and I'd be mixing it. And then I would just zone out and then realize that the time, you know, the the, the cursor is three minutes into the thing. I was like, I, I got to get back and work on that because I'm just sitting and digesting it for, for so long. That was a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Elaine. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Elaine. Oh, yeah, we should thank people. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Maxine. Thanks. Okay.
You're up, Drew. Round draft pick. <laughs> we we should probably abandon the, the, yeah. the draft. Uh, I was analogy. ready to abandon it as soon as he mentioned it, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I wasn't. No. Yeah. Just Speaking my of silence. Uh, episode 62, Jen Fisher. Oh, yeah. Human sustainability has completely changed literally every relationship that I have, personal work, my own marriage, my son, and um, really putting the energy and the chips into not what we do, but really how we do it. And um, really, truly the, the deepest user experience of the, of the folks around us. And, um, from a, from a, from a management standpoint, um, you know, it's nice to have people want to stick around and, and, and continue to work with you. Right. And so that's been a huge, huge thing for, our, yeah. for my job and, and, and hearing, you know, the, the folks that I work with and hearing them use that terminology issue of human sustainability and like, how are you like, how, how are you doing this work? What can, you know, what can we do as a team or as coworkers to, to, to make your experience uh, more fulfilling or, or safe or whatever the spectrum is, right? But it's just, yeah. it yields yeah. human sustainability and and wanting to maintain what you have in a positive and uh, positive, impactful way. Huge for me. Life-changing. Yeah. yeah, that's, it's interesting because it's like, I remember first, hearing about that phrase and being like, oh, that feels real technical and transactional. And then it's just like, but it's a way to tap into people who might not think about it otherwise. It's a way of tapping into, you know, thinking about it much more broadly. You know, it makes me think about our conversations as a team just today. And <laughs> Teresa was like, you just got to understand most companies are designed to eat your soul. And so like... And, you know, and then we were talking about some changes we're making. She's like, can we just celebrate that our company has not eaten any of our souls yet? Like, we're, we should feel pretty good about this. But, yeah, that idea of sustainability, is that was really interesting. It's fun and exciting, too, because it's not just a, this happens, you respond in this way, and then this is the end result, right? So maybe at a high level, but the fact that it's the differences between each person and what feeds each person and keeps them going and brings that joy for them is really what makes it most exciting for me. And, and, mm. and really learning how to um, do what I can to support other people to get them to a place of whatever that is that yields, but there's no rule, right? You can't follow. There's no instructions for it. Yeah, it takes yeah. really, really intentional work. And um, yeah, and a lot of trust and uh, and commitment. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, it's thanks, Jen. <laughs> I feel like we all have to thank everyone. I, I, I don't want to be and left then I out feel of like, thanking. Well, and then I feel like at the end we just need to pull up the list of everyone. <laughs> yeah, Maybe I can do that on yeah. the. We should yeah. actually. I can bring it up on the phone. I'll do it when we get to yeah. that point. Nick, you're up. Oh right, yeah. Um, Hmm. I we ha I have to talk about Dr. Jason Frischman yeah. and uh, the conversation on men and uh, men's mental health. Um, there were a number of 
things in that conversation that stuck with me and that resonated really strongly for me. Um, you know, as, as Sarah mentioned, and as some listeners might remember, we had a conversation previously about our, you know, being su- supporting one another as, as partners in our various mental health challenges. Um, and yeah, just, I mean, it's, it's a refreshing thing just to hear anyone talk about, honestly, because it is still, um, there are challenges that are all around and that are built into how men uh, view themselves, how, how, how we're expected to be. Um, There's just a lot, (laughs) there's a lot that we learn through, you know, our whole upbringing, upbringing from the time that we're born, whether we want to or not. And, uh, it is, uh, yeah, his, his discussion of a couple different things. One, the, he talked about the hero's journey, uh, mm-hmm. as being this kind of dominant, uh, he called it an omnipresent cultural story. And the idea that that story is sort of the, the only acceptable uh you know thing for uh, for men to kind of strive for is like that this is how your your life should this is what you should be you know seeking is to like go achieve this epic thing and that that by doing some thing and achieving that is what kind of gives your life meaning and uh the idea that 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 being such a dominant cultural story mm-hmm. is suppressing and silencing other stories. And mm. it, that, that language was so, it has stuck with me and it's something I had never thought about, but the idea that like he, he made the comparison or the, the comment that, you know, it's celebrating going out and doing the epic thing. It's denigrating, you know, staying home and doing the dishes uh, or yeah. you know, yeah. other examples of like, there are there are any number of ways that that we might find meaning uh, as individuals, uh, but the fact that you know there's this expectation or this kind of cultural norm around like you know particular particularly for men, what is kind of expected, what you're expected to be, how you're expected to be, the expectation of you know having the drive to go and achieve you know some some epic thing um it just yeah it was really powerful for me it was a it really hit home with a lot of the the things that i've kind of had to untangle and and continue to work through uh you know in my own mental health and kind of trying to scrape away the uh you know societal expectations gender norms all of those things um so yeah, uh, just that that whole conversation, but that was one one piece of it that that really stuck out for me was the idea of that story that we're kind of told in so many forms and that it's just everywhere and what stories don't we hear or mm. you know, don't we see as even like potentially viable options for how yeah. how to be. Yeah, and the list so. of the things to not do is is equally long if not longer too yeah so i'm learning that this is that's, that's a big deal and it, it's been beneficial for my relationship with you nick right and so we've, we've gotten really close and i feel like we were able to share a lot of stuff uh and uh so i'm, I'm grateful you for can that. lean into it 
voice, you can lean into it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, and he said how many of the guys he works with wouldn't have anyone if something happened to their, is particularly in like heterosexual relationships that they wouldn't have anyone if something happened to their wife, mm-hmm. uh, which is so sad to me. Cause like, I feel like I have this incredible community of amazing, particularly amazing women, you know, and, and there's such a cost to the expectations of mm-hmm. what it is to be a man mm-hmm. to men. Yeah. I think that might've been another, I, I might be remembering this wrong, but I feel like there was another comment that he made about, Something along the lines of like the patriarchy doesn't help anyone or it's hurting all of us. You know, it's hurting men too. Like Mm, a lot of times you hear people, you know, the, the kind of talking about the patriarchy and, and rightly so is, you know, uh, tilted towards or, or mostly referring to kind of the way that women have been, uh, you know, held down or oppressed or, or less than. And, but it's also true that, nobody like just nobody's benefiting from it you know it's it is harming men to to behave or to you know view themselves in this kind of restricted way um and yeah it it's uh it's really difficult there are there's so much so much uh kind of built into you know it, it's it you you get it whether you want it or not the messages yeah, of, yeah you know yeah what what it means to be a man and uh yeah it's uh that was a good one i i i feel like i'm, I'm due to go back and, and re-listen to that that whole episode at some point because there's yeah. a lot that really stuck with me it'd be really neat it'd be really neat i think we've talked about like you know, get Nick, Nick, get Nick Papadopoulos back on, get Dr. Frischman, like have a bunch of, you know, guys just having a conversation about this and just talking about those challenges. It's, you know, mm. it was interesting. I was on a, a show, uh, What's the Deal, D-E-I-L, like um, today, and we were talking about why do we think it's so difficult for organizations to make a shift towards a more human perspective. And there's no one answer to that. Obviously, capitalism wasn't meant for (laughs) fulfilling people's, I don't know, best selves as humans. But, But one of the things that I hypothesized is you largely have white men in power who have been conditioned to not know how to nurture and be in relationship with other people and to be the hero, to be the, you know, like independent, you know, we don't in America anyway, uh, most American culture, I won't say all is very like individual, not communal, right? Like all of that stuff. And it's, yeah, it's just, it is, uh, yeah, both of those, both of those episodes were so good. Thanks, Dr. Frischman. Thank you, Dr. Frischman. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Dr. Frischman. Okay, it's my turn. Uh, Where do I go? Okay, one actually came up that I didn't originally have on my list, but came up when Andy, you were talking about Jen Fisher, and that's Andy's another thing that we call Drew. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Drew. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm part of the inner. I'm I'm part of the inner circle. <laughs>
Uh, it's just how I knew him when he was born. Um, I wasn't there when he was born. <laughs> I came after he was born. Yeah, this is all getting very confusing. <laughs> it's like conversations on conversations here. lore. Sarah is a time traveler. Carla uh, uh, and Donnelly uh, talking about burnout. Oh. And one of one of the things you Nick, you and I still like have moments of practicing this. Yep. This is on my she, list too. Is it? Mm-hmm. Should I talk about it or should yeah, you talk ahead. about mm-hmm. it? Okay, add to it. But one of the things she said uh is, you know, we when people go to the weekend, we ask them, What are you doing? What activity are you doing? What like what are you keeping yourself busy with? What tasks? What and we don't ask, like, how are you going to be this weekend? And that was so profound. Andy, when you were talking about, like, Jen Fisher, I was like, oh, yeah, right. Because that is something when Nick and I have gone on trips, how do we want to be? Uh, or we try to catch it on the weekends. It's like, how do we want to be this weekend? We want to be connected. We want to be rested. We want to, you know, m- move with ease or whatever the case is. But that was such a, I, you know, I've heard the whole being doing before, right? Like, we're not human doings or human beings. Like, I, like I, I hear that a lot. It's kind of in one ear, out the other, because I've heard it so much. And how she said that of like the, the positioning of that kind of similar phrase. And I, to be clear, I don't want to discredit because I know that that was really resonant for you, Nick. Mm-hmm. We're not human doings, we're human beings. So I don't want to dismiss or minimize. That was something that I was familiar with. So it didn't resonate for me in the same way as you. So her then like applying it in that really like consistent thing we do. Oh, what are you doing this weekend? I, I mm-hmm. just... I just asked it today to somebody. Oh, what you got? Going? What are you doing for Christmas? Instead of like, how do you want to be? So that's one. What yeah. do you want to add, Nick? No, that's yeah. That was my. I had that exact same thing written down and was thinking about that same thing. Like you said, it's changed the way that we talk to each other. And it, yeah, the idea that one of the things that she said. I wrote down a quote that she said, which is, "If you're not doing something, then it is." like a mark on your worth. And oh, that gosh, uh, is, yeah. I remember being just struck by that because it, it is, you know, it's just baked into the question. What are you doing? What are you, you know, what are you up to this week? What do you, what do you got going on? Like we have to have something going on or there's yeah. or we're like, if we're just existing, we're not creating, you know, value, value. somehow. And yeah. so, yeah, it's a, it's a really powerful reframe. And yeah, I catch myself doing it all the time. I think just, you know, because it is such a default, but we don't have to, we don't have to always be doing things to be, you know, to have worth. Hearing her say the, the, the how phrase there was like a, um, like a Neo in the matrix, uh, event for me where you hear the sentence and you download it and you're like, I know Kung Fu. You yeah. know, it like opens up this whole other part of, you know, whatever. Um, that was that was pretty impactful for me too. Yeah. Yeah, we've definitely we we've adopted that. Not always, but we often or I find myself catching myself with us in particular, like, oh, what are we gonna 
how are we going to be this weekend? How do we, you know? Yeah. And it's not like necessarily that it's like a destructive question to ask in and no, of itself, but it is. No, it's just a it default is like question. Realizing though. how, uh, because that is like, yeah, the, such a default and such a like standard question, you realize how much we just undervalue, like, you know, the fact that we can exist. We can have time where we rest and recharge or we you know just are being and it doesn't doesn't always have to be we don't even have to have a project yeah um, yeah i love not having projects that's one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite pastimes i'm i'm pro that some of the time for me. <laughs> and that is not yeah. it's just yeah. that's no, just my brain yeah it's just my brain likes it needs some I need a different level of stimulation uh, in yes. my being, not mm -hmm. necessarily like, cause I don't, I don't finish most of my projects. I start, <laughs> I just want to start. I just want to think about projects actually is mm -hmm. what I want to do. All right, Drew. Well, thanks. Thank you, mm. Carolyn Donnelly. Thank, Thank you, Carolyn. Uh, episode number 71. Is it Katrina Jones? Katrina oh yeah, Jones. Katrina Jones. <clears throat> I think she's this great. Is there are there was a, there were a few great ones in that, um, but I, I wrote this down and I actually wrote the little quotes and I said it's hard to to sustain uniqueness when conformity is what's rewarded. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. I can't remember if that was her or not. I I assume, but that's a good one. Katrina, if it's not yours, I'm sorry. But you are amazing. I can't remember if it was her or Elaine. Mm. Say it again. Say that quote again, because I do remember so that there, one. There's two parts of it. So there's, I mean, that was the main focus, which is um, it's hard to sustain uniqueness when conformity is what's rewarded. Yeah. And um, another part of that, and I don't know what the order was, but um, I think her example is when... Um, when, when joining, joining an organization or joining a project or seeing how um, a group of people or, or leadership or enterprise or whatever it is uh, articulate and manage their teams or projects or whatever, um, that um, how they say things and how they run and lead their teams celebrates how it's how it's worked in the past and how that may not yeah. be something that's going on here. So the whole concept of like celebrating something with the words mm -hmm. and how we say them um, and what we're carrying forward or changing uh, and that intentionality was just like a really cool concept. Like, what are you mm -hmm. celebrating by mm -hmm. saying that? It's like, wow, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that that's a concept that like, it's easy. Well, I, like we'll say, you know, your culture is what you do. Don't do say, don't say what you celebrate and what you tolerate. Mm -hmm. And like, um, yeah, the, the, uh, conformity being rewarded, you know, what's interesting is though, like, <laughs> uh, you know, actually maybe it's the same thing. Like we were talking with our friend Dave, who is like, who lives out in LA and, you know, and he was like, if you're not loud and unique, you don't get attention. <laughs> but on some level, that's the conformity yeah. of that culture and system out there as well. Like, uh, yeah, uh, she's so great. And we've had her on twice. And she always just like, I always appreciate her honesty and vulnerability. I mean, she spoke so, so 
tenderly and also candidly about her recent divorce in a way that I think we don't often talk about, you know, and I know that that was something Nick and I talked about of like, oof, that, that had to have been hard. And I had, I had a note about, about Katrina, that exact thing about her. There are a couple of them that I, that I marked down, whether it was a specific quote or something that I wanted to talk about, but just the fact that it was such a vulnerable like mm-hmm. share and uh, vulnerable conversation and uh, just, yeah, courage to, you know, be willing to share about things that are personal. Uh, Katrina was one. Uh, Neha was another yeah. one. That, uh, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I'm going to start dropping some of these because I know we're not going to have a chance to talk about <laughs> no, all of them. But Neha was another one. It was like yeah, just, such a, uh, just giving such an amazing kind of glimpse into, you know, her struggles and what she goes through and it's uh you know uh just kind of eye-opening to just to hear other people's perspectives and to try and you know understand some some portion of what what people are going through and it takes people being open and and honest and sharing vulnerably about those things in order for us to to hear it yeah 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 that was a great one so thank you katrina and thank neha. you katrina, Thanks, katrina. and neha Katrina Jones, Neha Samput. Whose turn is it? I've forgotten whose turn it is. I don't remember where Andy, we started. Andy this just one. or Drew just went. Andy Rue. Oh, is it my turn then? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so I'm just smiling a little bit, going like, "This is going to be a short episode." Yeah, I know you thought that. It, it, yeah. Uh-huh. I okay. So now I have to pick who. Okay, which one? Because this is like, do be we last, do we right? have to? Oh, is it last? I, I don't. Mean, I mean, got, do we have coming like, up on an? Yeah, hour, we're right? coming up in an hour. We should probably wrap things up. That's the producer, <laughs> producer slash guest in me. That's you know. Uh, well, I'll go. I'll go to what to me is another like powerhouse uh, guest and episode of just like just going reflecting on like the whole conversation, which is Beth Shelton. Yeah, um, talking I had her about on my list too. Her her experience and her take on leadership and and like bold decision making and you know honestly like most of the most of the ones that really most of the conversations and the topics that really resonate for me personally because i've i've never been in like a corporate world environment i've been fortunate to have existed outside of of that kind of framework in the house never (laughs) having to see light yeah yeah, I love that. Not being fed after midnight. Uh, yeah, I am sort of a mogwai of sorts. Uh, but I, but because of that, like a lot of the a lot of the conversation topics that revolve around kind of workplace culture and leadership and those things maybe aren't as resonant for me personally as like you know things like mental health or things that are more applicable or feel more applicable to to kind of personal challenges for me or what have you. That said, listening to Beth Shelton talk about leadership, I, I, I mean, I, I would follow her. I want, mm-hmm. I want, I came away from that just thinking, I, if, if everyone in a position of power and authority, everyone who gets to make decisions that impact other people could be more like Beth Shelton, I think, you know, we'd be in a lot better shape just overall right beth shelton for president basically um, oh man i would i would give all of my money to yeah. see her run for office just amazing um, yeah i you know a couple things that i had noted specifically 
we start with reasons not to adopt a radical idea, yeah, you know, yeah. and her her kind of flipping the script and saying, what if we had to do it this way? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To, to, to really push people to say, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's easy. It's the default to say, like, no, that'll never work. You know, this thing that you're bringing, this, this is too far out there. We're not, we can't, you know, we can't do it because X, Y, Z, instead of saying, okay, scratch all that. Pretend for a minute, you know, we have to do it this way. How would we do it? And mm-hmm. like open yourself up to, you know, that ideating uh, process of like, okay, well, let's force ourselves to consider this. And, you know, what do you know? Maybe yeah. there's a maybe there's a way. Maybe this actually does make sense. Yeah. What was also so powerful about that is that it wasn't her asking people to think about that for an idea she was advocating for. Someone on the team brought up the idea of the babies at work, and she initially pushed against it herself. Right. And and I love when we get to see people talk about, oh, yeah, no, I was like resistant to it. And then I started to interrogate my thinking right. and invited others to do the same. And that that was part that was so powerful for me that it wasn't. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't an idea. She, it wasn't her pet project. Right. It wasn't her passion. She actually was resistant to it. And then got pushed, pushed herself and then pushed other people. Yeah. Yeah. A couple other just notes that I had on that conversation. Empathy is not the opposite of accountability. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. That was a really, just a really powerful kind of way of phrasing, you know, cause you had talked about, you've talked about many times the idea that, you know, uh, leaders or people that have, have come to you with this concern that maybe I'm going to be too empathetic. Can't you be too empathetic? Isn't yeah. that a danger of being too yeah. empathetic and and her kind of pushing back on that to say that, you know, you can be empathetic and also hold people accountable. And that's not those two things are not at odds. And I think that yeah. there is a, a tendency to to think that they are. Um, and then the, the last thing I had noted was that the idea of fix the culture, don't delete the word. And she talked about, you know, they would do right. something like word clouds uh, where people talked or gave their, you know, words to describe maybe the culture or the, yeah. the, the workplace. And, and that it could be easy to look at that and see a word on there and think, well, I don't like, you know, I don't like that that's on there. And, and can be could be easy to say well i'm just want to take that out you know delete that word because that doesn't feel good but her you know realization or, or talking about fix the culture that there's a reason that word is on there yeah so taking the word off of there doesn't make it you know it's the thing that you talk about sarah about like the words on the wall you yeah know, if you want to say that we have this kind of a culture and you know whatever it is this workplace this you know, family, whatever group or whatever kind of, you know, relationships, if you want to, you know, think of yourselves and put yourselves out there as having this certain kind of culture, you can talk about that. But if you're not, you know, if that's not how it's actually playing out, then that's the reality. People are living in the reality and you have to, you know, address it as such. Yeah. Yeah, which requires like reflecting on the role you play. This wasn't in her interview, but I want to give a shout out to Natalie Norfis, who was on the show. And I was on her show today and we were talking about how easy it is for people to just, you know, like in a situation like that to blame the team members or whatever. And she's like, no, they're they're disengaged because of your actions. Hmm. They're disengaged because of what you are doing. That's why they're disengaged, you know, and just that idea. Yeah. I, yeah. I had her on my list. She was great. Yeah. Okay. Beth, now Beth I, I have to Thank pick you, just, Beth 
Yeah. Thank you, Beth. Thank, thank you. you. Beth. Thank you. Um, oh, I just get one. Can I do it? I'm going to do a quick honorable mention. <laughs> you're like, you're like appealing to us to, to change the rules of this. This is your show. We, I don't, we don't, you tell us. I'm in so much pain right rounds now. Of this draft and we just don't know about it. Okay. Okay. Two quick shout outs and then I'll give my final. We do a okay. lightning round. Do a lightning round here to two lightning rounds and then, then a deeper dive. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Anderson, mm. our friend from Moose Jaw. Mm. Um, I love the story he shared about the, the individual who was like, I don't like coming into work and it's largely because of you mm. and his role modeling of how easy it could have been for him to be like, well, screw you. I'm the CEO. You, and he got really curious. So I just want to give a shout out to that because I love seeing when people who not only have positional authority, but also have identity authority, role model for the rest of us, what it looks like to be pushed, what it looks like to be intellectually humble, what it looks like to take ownership for your impact. So that's one shout out. Add that to the list too of, you know, vulnerable share. I mean, vulnerable that, you know, shares. Yeah. Being to say like, this is, this is a thing that happened. This is not a flattering thing for him no. to share about his, mm-hmm. you know, but the fact that he was able to reflect on it and, you know, use it to move forward. Yeah. Uh, Jacquette Timmons, mm. uh, her first one in particular on fi- like our relationship with finances is one that I feel like every time I go back to I'm like, Oh yeah, then there's this, but just, and, and part of it is just where I'm at in my life and reflecting on things, but, uh, you, you know, a healthy relationship with finances, you know, you have a healthy relationship with finances when it evolves and changes and just how applicable that is to all relationships, right? You should mm-hmm. never have the same kind of relationship. Nick, you and I don't have the same kind of relationship we did when we were 19. Andy, we don't have the same relationship when I was born, right? Like, cause I was came after, after him. After uh, if you picked that up from the, did you? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's why I said I couldn't remember if it was before or after me. <laughs> we are so close. Um okay, but the one that the one that I have to say, and this this is for me personally, that the most um I don't want to say important because they were all important, but personally special, I will say was Dr. Winston and Dr. Seif, who we just had talking about anxiety, talking about OCD. And if you heard on the show, it was really special because honestly, their books helped me through an incredibly challenging time. And there were so many, I don't even remember how Dr. Winston talked about the termites, but I just remember being like, that was a brilliant, do you have it? Okay. You, I'm not going to say it. You can, you can talk about it as a tag on to me and then you can get like another choice (laughs) in the draft. So I don't want you to feel like I was hoping for the lightning round and I was just going to say termites. If you know, you know, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and it's the, it's the thought, the, um, that, uh, I don't know if it was like the intrusive thought or, or like the, the consideration, like, well, I know that termites exist and I know that termites could eat wood, and I have a living room full of wood. There's a possibility that termites could be eating the wood away from my living room. And so because of that possibility, I'm not going to sit on the couch because yeah, I might fall through the floor. Was. And so it's that yeah. weight of, of uh, uh, the more you think about it, the more the weight uh, the, uh, of uh, the compulsiveness or whatever it is. The, I forget the, yeah. the terms that he used for that. 
but yeah, termites it's like for sure. Constructing constructing a, a narrative from I think they I think she maybe referred to them as irrelevant facts or like yeah, unimportant facts. facts. It's like yeah. yes, it's a fact that termites can you know yeah. termites eat word. It's a fact that you know all of these things are true facts, and yeah. you know by putting them together, you can construct this idea that like you need to be worried about blank. Yeah. And yeah. it's so true and real, like a fact. Right. Like the sum of it right. all is a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, and that idea that an anxious mind likes the invisible, right? Like, the, especially the OCD mind, because it can never be certain. And that's what drives our brain crazy. And that's what creates the loop. And there was just something about that. And, and also the other thing, and I don't remember which of the two said it, but just this idea of when you're in a really heightened anxious state, you really are in an altered sense of consciousness. Like you aren't operating on all cylinders. And mm-hmm. there's, yeah, again, that's another one, like by their books, needing to know for sure, right? Intrusive. And even just their thoughtfulness about, yeah, we didn't put OCD in the book because we knew people wouldn't understand that what they were experiencing was OCD was just like so oh shit I found your book not because I was looking for books on OCD I found their book because I was looking for books on intrusive thinking and like just how brilliant that was but there was so much that was so special just special for me and a bit of a like moonshot guest for us which I'm hoping we can do more of that next year but that's one that I just I have to honor as being personally really really healing for my heart to have them on and to be able to tell them how how much their work impacted impacted me mm-hmm. and i've had multiple people reach out and we're like i've bought their books this made so much sense thank you for normalizing it like that that's probably the episode i've heard the most from people um because so many people suffer in silence so that that's my final my final gold star that is a good one thank mm-hmm. you Dr. Winston, Dr. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Drew. Uh, There are a handful of guests that talked about this, but the, the, um, everything that came up around working hybrid and, Mm -hmm. um, transitioning in and out of that and the benefits of it and the, um, just the studies that, that are out there in ways to, um, prepare yourself for those difficult conversations, either with, uh, your team or with your leadership around like the benefits or, or just, just in general, like working hybrid. It was so great to hear other people talk about it. It's like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. this is totally doable. And here's why. Mm -hmm. And there were Mm -hmm. quite a few guests that brought that up. And even if that wasn't the focus of the conversation, it was just inserted because it's such an important topic right now. Yeah. Because of human sustainability. That's <laughs> going back to that. <laughs> Thanks again. It all comes back to the humans. Yeah. How do we be and not do? Um, any others that we want to? I mean, there's so many. Like, mm-hmm. Have just... we talked about T Maxine at all? I, I, can we? I don't no. know that we've mentioned. <laughs> what, so good. What, what was it that she said again? I have one, a quick, this is lightning yeah. round. I, in going back to, uh, this one was a while ago, so I had kind of forgotten a lot of the conversation, but when you talked to Jamara Villanova Mitchell uh. about the conversation was about leadership burnout. And, and again, maybe a lot of those sorts of things are, don't feel as 
applicable to me and don't maybe resonate for me the same way. But there was a line that she said that definitely stuck with me, which is when you numb fear and sadness, you also numb joy. Oh, God. Idea yeah. Of we, you can't pick and choose the emotions and the feelings that you have. Yeah. And that, again, it was in relation to kind of workplace and leadership and these things. But to me, uh, it felt very it felt like she was able to kind of create this like one sentence explanation of like, again, going back to Dr. Frischman and, and harmful gender norms, you know, specifically as a man, feelings that you're not supposed to express or have and you know the the kind of limited box that we try to be in and that idea of you can't you can't do that you you you're, if you're numbing all of these if you're trying to numb fear sadness these these kind of scary or bad you know what we consider negative emotions that that is you're numbing everything and next thing you know you're you're a depressed person you've yeah, you're numbed all of your feelings and that's mm. how you know that's how it happens so mm. just uh that's a pretty good one to end on. It was. I thought it was a great one. I had to. I had to mention that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, we love Jelmada. We love Jelmada. Yeah. Thank you, Jelmada. Jelmada. Thank you. I have so many Jelmada isms. Yeah. I have just like like list of like yep i've got my stephanie isms i've got my like i've just got my growing list all right so let's do a quick thank you allison p our newest one going through the ones thank you tamson webster. <laughs> Kai Gillespie, you want to get in? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are we Sorry. just going to go through it? Was Tamson? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, every story is a Ta- question. Tamson? Yeah. Sorry, you can keep going. That's it. Yeah, Thanks, okay, Tamson. Wait. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to skip the ones we've already thanked. Thank <laughs> oh, you, Danita. Hi. Talking about creating a coaching culture. Brandon <laughs> Springle, which can we just give a shout out to Brandon? Talking about psychological safety. His energy was so grounding like i just i just love talking to that guy Mm, he's one of my favorite people uh leading people robert seeger thank you robert kai matkovich we talked about apologizing uh uv dotcorn thank you uv Mm -hmm. oh we haven't talked about our friend up in canada who uh works in hospice and i know we don't do you have her on your Janice? Or do you have I, I do. It's 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 written so deep into my DNA that episode that I forgot to bring it up because I feel like it came from me. It's so part of me now. The this the concept of 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 all of that and the death and the in the relationships that we have with it. And sorry, yeah. Thank you for that. Well what yeah, Janice Chabonic, I think is how you say it. Okay, thank you. Dr. Teresa Peterson. Uh, Michelle Loveday. Look at all these amazing people. My, my good friend Farah Harris. I love Farrah. having her. I, forever. I, I feel mean, like we've done a disservice by not yeah, talking to about not Farah. Talk about Farah. Farah. Farah, we love you, and you're. We yeah. love you so much. <laughs> the I yeah I did like have just notes the about whole. Farah's you, conversation you know what part of it is me. is because like she and I are in conversation so much. I don't think of it as like mm-hmm. you know a standalone thing. But let's just like call out the the work of like her her work around rethinking emotional intelligence and particularly giving light to the fact that it isn't always this lovely thing and often especially for people who are underrepresented or oppressed it's a form of survival like that yeah it's interesting because so much of what we talked I was like yeah yeah you know it's things that she and I've talked a lot about she's written about yeah Farah you're you're awesome. And then her episode last year about boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, that the people 
people who won't honor your boundaries have no problem in, in like putting theirs on you. Uh, Kristen Harcourt, uh, Kristen Souter talking about ADHD, Sam Eaton, um, Kirsten Anderson, Ryan Dunlap. Oh, I forgot about Ryan. That was a moonshot. I didn't forget about, but like, he's so great. Andre Young, mm-hmm. and then T Maxine Woods McMillan. Let's see who kicked us off. Jacquette, Nola Simon, Liz Neat. Oh, yeah, I forgot we had Liz on. Liz, I, Liz was I, another, another like, amazing, vulnerable share. Yeah. Uh, so just, yeah, again, just the people um, are amazing when they are willing to come and share things that are, you know, really challenging, things that are real in their life. And yeah, yeah Liz was another one. And, and to show up when she knows that, like, how she shows up is different than how she showed up before her, mm. her heart and brain it was it yeah just all of her challenges she had um julie turney dr nika white is always mm-hmm. a classic and then we started with lou diamond so thank you all so much for everyone who's been willing to give their time and talents uh i also want to take a moment as we're wrapping up this to thank everyone who listens to the show we have grown. We are growing. We have well over 16,000 downloads. We're in almost 70 countries, which is incredible. And I'll just do one more invitation. We love hearing from people. And so we are taking a pretty long, well, not a long, we're taking, you know, some time off uh, at the end of the year and during our holiday season. Um, But if there are topics you want us to explore, I know that there's some topics that have been on our list of like that we want to find some guests to speak to. Let us know. You can always send us an email at podcast at sarahnollwilson.com. Also, what like who has stuck out for you? Who are people that made you stop and go, oh, I hadn't thought about that. We would love to hear it. And more importantly, be able to give those people their flowers. Hey, and let's do a final thank you to the two of you. Who knew when we started this little show that Michael was like, can we get to 25? Can we get to 50? And now it's like, yeah, we're at 80 and we'll hit 100 and then we'll go on to there. So thank you, Nick, for being the ever present partner in my life on screen and off screen and behind the camera uh, and keeping on top of stuff. And Drew for you know, just helping us make the show as professional as we can because of your skill. It's always fun to get your late night Sunday. Oh man, this <laughs> I'm always like, Oh, this is a good one. Can't wait for you to hear it. Uh, and then we have some folks who couldn't make it tonight. So Becky Reinert, who is our transcriptionist, who she has the fun of listening and making sure that the transcription is correct. She's also a sibling. Uh, our our marketing support, um, our marketing support, Jessica Burge, and obviously the whole Snowco crew. Uh, we couldn't do this work. So, what else? What else you want to say in our final moments, Nick and Drew? What do you want to say? Thanks for listening. We we make a show, and it <laughs> would be less worthwhile and rewarding if people weren't listening to it so yeah we appreciate listening people listening i'm really looking forward to next year yeah can keep amping it up like keep ramping it up and finding great guests and probably hearing from a few familiars i can't wait to like (laughs) send maxine a text right now and be like (laughs) 
hey, you need to listen to next week's episode. And will you just record yourself listening to it? <laughs> and that'll be episode 81. This <laughs> her. a special episode where we just talk about you. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I love you guys. I'm so glad we get to do this work. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully those of you listening have had fun as well. So that is the wrap for 2023. Our guests this week have been the amazing 79 guests that have led up to this point. And our main guests who are actually talking is Nick Wilson and Drew Knoll. Uh, And if you'd like to find out, no, see, this is, oh, I was going to do it in one shoot. Just keep it. Just keep it. (laughs) We'll do it live. We'll do it live. No. Uh, And if you're with us this far and you haven't shut off, if you want to support the show, because we love your support, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform. That's actually really necessary uh, to help us be able to get into more algorithms, um, to get exposure, to be able to show up on lists. So if you haven't done that, please do that. Also, if you want to financially support the show, uh, you can do so by going to Patreon and becoming a patron by going to patreon.com slash conversations on conversations where you'll get great swag. And you know, you help support the crew that makes it show possible this has been conversations on conversations thank you all so much for listening remember when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and others we can change the world so rest rehydrate celebrate sleep eat good food hibernate go in the sun whatever you're going to do over the next you know six weeks or so and we'll see you you however however you you want to be however you want to be. And we'll see you in 2024, my friends. That's the show. Welcome to the end of the show. It's the end of the show. Bop, bop. <laughs> Keep that in. I'll, I'll yeah, make a beat about it. Is- Definitely going in.